You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anisa, and Parama. Hello, this is Parama. Did you miss me in the intros? Don't worry, this is going to be a long one. So, welcome back to your monthly, occasionally timely What's Up in Drama Land, where we talk about what's a buzz in the K drama industry and a lot about the dramas that will be airing this month. Listen, I'm sure at least half of them have started airing by the time this comes out, but please, please note that all our scarily accurate predictions were made on 31st October. No relation to Halloween, we just happened to sit down to record this episode on that day. Anyway, now the reason this episode will be longer than average is because we have a lot to be grateful for when it comes to this podcast and we decided that I need to take a moment and really properly tell you guys why. A lot of you might already know this, but I, Parma, work professionally as a podcast producer. We started Dramas Over Flowers in late 2017. And within a year of that, my podcasting business had taken off and I could work full-time producing shows for clients. And I strongly believe this would never have happened if Dramas Over Flowers hadn't been such a joy to create for you guys. Everything, and I mean everything I knew back then about podcasting, was because of this show. And now, several years later, this week in fact, on Monday 15 November, Anissa, who lives in the States, became a full-time podcast producer at WUNC, which is a local NPR station. Oh my god, I am so proud of her. My kid grew up. This has been such a journey for us, guys. She absolutely smashed the interview. We knew she would. And I think she's just going to be an amazing podcast producer. So if you have a minute right now and you're on Twitter... Could you please send Anisa good wishes on her first week? I would really appreciate it. Her handle is at Anisa Khalifa underscore. I'm going to put it in the description right on top. Please do this for me. For each of us, this podcast has brought such unique, creative and even material benefits that it's hard to express our feelings about it without getting super maudlin. So I'll just say thank you on all our behalf for listening to us every month, for sticking with us through our uneven posting schedule, for emailing us, for giving us your insights into dramas and live through comments and DMs. We are grateful for all of it. We are also grateful to those of you supporting us through Patreon. Many of you have been our patron for more than three years at this point. And this has kept us going even when things were otherwise falling apart. And we were seriously considering giving up the show. But how can we? when you guys haven't given up on us. And in that vein, we wanted to give shout outs to the listeners who have most recently joined us as patrons. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Mel G, Anonymous Otter, Frederica, DQN, SB, Abel, Ingat Kayo, Kitty C, DJ, Arlene F, Keisha Watson, Jesse, W Wallace and Rhonda HJ. You guys make these things possible for us and help us improve the show bit by bit every single year. If you don't believe me, listen to our audio two years ago. You'll know what I mean. So, wait a second. Should I really be claiming that we have better audio now? Throughout the recording of this episode, um, my youngest puppy really wanted to join in and I couldn't really keep her out completely. So, yeah, you will be hearing from her. Oh, finally! 
Before we jump into the episode, Dramas Over Flowers was invited by 1A, which is an NPR program, to come and talk about the popularity of K-dramas and our continuing struggles with getting good subtitles, which I think all of you guys can relate to. And of course, Anissa was the best person to send to represent us. So please listen to our girl on radio. She's so smart and graceful. I'll put the link in the description. Also, while the thing was actually airing live, I managed to get a live comment into the show. See if you can spot it. Okay, enough of the intro. Let's jump into the show. Greetings, Earthmen and women. I am Sire. <laughs> I'm Anissa. And I am Parma. Is this a sci-fi podcast now? <laughs> I love it. Let's keep that. <laughs> Is this because of Dune? <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch that tomorrow. Okay. <clears throat> in all seriousness, welcome everyone to What's Up in Drama Land for uh, November. And before we get into talking about dramas that are coming up in November, we quickly wanted to go over some stuff that has happened over the last month uh, to do with the male lead of Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha. Which, yeah, unfortunately, we kind of feel like we can't not talk about it, even though I don't. We really didn't want to talk about it. We we debated whether it was... Um, okay, to briefly give you an idea of what happened, and then we'll uh, briefly go over our feelings and then move quickly along. <laughs> Can I preface this by saying, not only do we not really want to talk about it, but Borma can't stop reading about it. Which That's why we are talking about it. Borma can't stop reading about it because Twitter and Instagram won't stop showing me stuff about it. It's like I can't go to social media without somebody <laughs> like having some really toxic opinion on this and then I have to read the entire thread because apparently I have to read every toxic thing that is out there and then my outreach spills over to these guys. <laughs> it's highly entertaining. It's like for a change, it's nice for me not to be the one having rage spasms six times a day. <laughs> <laughs> to give you guys a brief idea of what's been going on in case you've been not bombarded by uh, social media with this news. Um, Kim Sun Ho, during the last weeks of hometown Cha Cha Cha, uh, suddenly had a scandal. Initially, the scandal was about his ex-girlfriend um, posting something on the net uh, where she basically says that he uh, made a false promise of marriage and um, basically convinced her to go through with an abortion. And then they broke up. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of the thing. It's a lot of he said, she said thing. And honestly, our overall opinion on this is this is such a private matter between two individuals and should never have become a scandal to begin with. Um, that said, of course, given how the, uh, you know, the, the celebrity culture and everything that has been happening over the last two years, good and bad, the first thing that every advertiser and production company does is that they dropped Kim Sun Ho from all of their um, ads, their like future projects, all of that stuff. Um, and that in and of itself started a lot of conversation about has cancel culture gone too far? There was that whole thing happening. Then very recently, just in the last week, Dispatch printed an article which was basically a character assassination of the ex-girlfriend. They uh, used her real name, dug into her past with the uh, clear intent of basically proving that Kim Son Ho was not to blame and the ex-girlfriend had a horrible character, must not be believed. And even her ex-husband was brought in to testify against her character. It was just... 
it was basically just the kind of garbage uh, journalism that you would expect of a scandal rag like dispatch quote unquote journalism yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but then again, the entire uh, internet conversation went from Kim Sun-ho bad, how dare he, to Kim Sun-ho an angel, how dare she. And much worse, because whenever the anger turns towards women, misogyny goes sky high. So that's been happening. Not fun if you're on the internet and remotely aware of who Kim Sun-ho is. And uh, social media algorithms decide that you really need to read about this right now. Yeah, we just wanted to acknowledge that we know this has been happening. And I have given my opinion. Um, do you guys want to say something? <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's not something that any of us really needed to know about these people. I do think it's a sign or like it's a symptom of a culture where people's personal lives are policed so closely, both by the public and by their agencies, where they really don't have the space to have these kinds of relationship dramas sort of play out in their personal life. And like, I know that's the nature of celebrity in every culture, but the way that it's kind of entangled with legalese in in contracts for Korean stars just makes it really, really like a pressure cooker where things can very easily go wrong. And so, you know, I'm not here to like judge anyone's relationship. And with these kind of things, it you never even are going to know. We're never going to know what really happened anyway. And it's not our place to know or judge any of that either. Um, but I just think like it needs to improve. And I think it is definitely better now than it was like 10, 15 years ago in the sense that like idols are actually getting married and having children, which I think was like unheard of back 10, 15 years ago. But it's still still like a long way to go. Yeah, well said. Also, Dispatch is trash. (laughs) And I so am like, I'm so disgusted by the fact that they like published all this personal gossip, basically. Like he said, she said, like gossip and and, and just like speculation and rumor mongering. And then they're like framing themselves as as doing this like heroic public service when they're literally just like stepping on people's lives in order to get clicks. They're like, I have... I have read so many tweets in the last week where they basically like dispatch actually reveal what's really happening. And I'm like, oh, you dumb hats. Just. <laughs> I also would encourage Kim Sun Ho's fans to think critically about how this all played out and let go of your like knee jerk reaction to defend someone that you love as a fan and just like try to have like a broader overview of this as a human being and think about the people involved in this as human beings and maybe pull back on that like extremely uncritical devotion a little bit and also it's not why do we feel that uh, the people we like the actors we like have to be good completely they can have like nothing no wrong actions in their past or they are evil, there can be nothing in between. And by which I'm not saying that I'm defending Kim Son Ho or other actors, but like as in every aspect of their past doesn't require you to come and defend them. It's possible for them to have done horrible things and still be amazing actors on screen. You like the actor. That's the one you know. You don't actually know these people in real life. So Will you stop extrapolating from the characters you see on screen and deciding that they must be angels in their life and therefore must be protected? Just 
come on guys i know our listeners are smarter than that but just like the larger world could you please stop not sure if they're going to get your message i'm not particularly attached to kim sunna so it didn't feel like i had to know whether he's good or bad that's so yeah i feel the same way i don't I really like, have feelings about you him you know i spend enough time doom scrolling and i have so much other work to do so this has not been on the list of my priorities of trying to parse out where it, where lies the truth. And, I mean, that's like a futile exercise, right? How can any of us know what the truth really is in most of these cases? I think also th- there's maybe a conversation to be had about where somebody's line is in terms of, you know, what they're willing to accept. I mean, we've definitely talked about things in the past that have come out about certain actors that have made us not want to see them on screen anymore. But I do think that there's value in not like painting everything with the same brush, deciding where your line is in terms of what you're willing to accept from an actor in terms of their behavior. And, and there, we have talked in the past about things that have come out about people that makes us not want to see them on our screens ever again. And I think, you know, like we, you know, we've talked about this, separating the art from the artist. Everybody's line is different. But I think there's a difference between an act, like a situation where somebody has clearly caused harm to other people and a situation where it's a personal matter between two individuals. And like, it's a situation that like nobody else really has a right to know about. And they also, it's not like, you know, it's not like a, a legal case or, you know, a case where, like, somebody is committed sort of, a crime. Um, yeah, committed a crime or somebody who's, like, trying to get justice for something, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not necessary that it, there's a crime committed for someone to be like, hey, like, this really wrong thing happened. I'm trying to get justice. But this just is, like, a bad breakup where people did questionable things. We don't, you know, like, it's, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want us to start painting everything with the mm-hmm. same brush because there are definitely gradations of badness. But also, like, to Borma's point about, like, Instagram and Twitter just, like, putting these in her feed, there's also, like, a way that social media is designed where, like, the more angry and excited people are about something and the more they will engage with the platform and then the more money that platform will make. So they have designed it in a way that is, like, sort of, to promote outrage and to promote fighting and to promote, uh, you know, drama and to promote conflict. You often see really diametrically opposite views. Like you see either people saying some really flippant stuff, which tells you that they haven't actually read any of the material attached to this issue. Or somebody is giving a hot take that is just so maddening that... You go and read the dang thing and therefore validate them, I suppose. <laughs> anyway. And that's how they get you. I went down a yeah, rabbit well, hole. Well, none of us are immune from that. Yeah, I'm not proud. Yeah. And I'm getting out of this now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk about dramas of November. <laughs> let's start with the first one. Oh, and this one is uh, not controversial exactly, but something that I really want to discuss. The first drama of November, which releases, uh, starts airing on 3rd November, is Melancholia. And it stars 
Ito Hyun and Im Soo Jung. Um, viewers might remember Im Soo Jung from Search WWW, which Anissa and I loved so, so, so much. And Ito Hyun at this point does not require um, an introduction. But like, not on this podcast. Yeah, not on this <laughs> podcast. Just, there is 18 again, but there is also like the entire, just everything from 30 but 17 to like basically his entire portfolio at this point. Okay, so the storyline synopsis is what caught our attention because it's kind of connected to something we had been discussing recently, which is Nuna romances where the protagonist uh, is in, like the male protagonist is in like school aged uh, and and. This one is especially fraught because the female protagonist is a teacher in the school, which just made us very, very, very wary. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to dive into the plot and we're going to quickly talk about it. A sexual scandal between a math teacher and a student in a prestigious high school ended in tragedy. Four years later, they meet again, now as adults, to reveal the corruption in the school and to regain one's reputation as a teacher. So the teacher is being played by Im Soo Jung and Lee Do Hyun is this genius math student. And um, so his name is Baek Seung Yoo. He is emotionless and has no light in his eyes. He used to be a math genius who appeared on a quiz program at the age of five and surprised the world by solving college level math problems. He was admitted to MIT at age 10, but dropped out at the age of 12 and suddenly disappeared. Ji Yoon Soo is a high school math teacher with a bright smile and a positive impression of others. She is a hard-nosed and stubborn person who has to push ahead with the decisions she has made. She is a math geek who loves solving difficult problems and teaches students to purely love maths. The teaser I saw was basically of uh, Ido Hyun's character trying to solve some problems and not being able to and being very, very frustrated. And then Im Soo Jung and Ido Hyun meet and they... That's just basically it. The teaser doesn't exactly give us much to work with. This drama will be airing uh, on TVN. It's a Wednesday, Thursday drama. It'll be like 70 minutes, which is usual at this point. And it's 16 episodes. I'm kind of curious. Is this the drama that originally had... um, Did it originally have So Hyunjin down for it? Or is that a different drama altogether? Wasn't that the one where she was the law school professor in love with her oh, student? I think right. that was a oh, different one. Oh, so that one. hasn't happened yet. Why are there, why are there multiple teachers soon? Why is this a thing now, now, though, actually? It's kind of, it is a bit gross. But I kind of get the feeling, um, I don't know if they're going to, I kind of get the feeling that, like, it was a scandal, but nothing actually happened yeah, in high school. It sounds more like that yeah. doctor's plot, like, where the teacher and the student didn't actually have anything going on, but it was, like, a made-up thing, and that affected both of their lives. Like, that's watchable. Relatively, yes. especially to, For if, me, for me, specifically. Yeah. No, no, I mean, yes. If, especially because I don't see... So in these situations, the main concern is usually grooming. And I don't think that's going to be that big a problem because the teacher's influence on the student doesn't seem to last that long. They seem to meet and then something happens and then they separate and then meet four years later. That seems to be the actual story. But even then, unless we actually see the drama, it's really hard to tell. But... It, at first blush, it's it's like I'm not entirely sure what the story is trying to do. I always wonder why it is necessary for certain dramas to have these characters. The age difference is not something I'm worried about. Their individual positions, um, the power differential is the thing that concerns me. 
So why dramas need these characters to meet while one of them, especially uh, the male student, has is is a student. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of wish that drama land as a whole had grown out of it. But um, maybe this drama has a really good reason for it. <laughs> I feel like I can't think of one. I feel like there's something about that particular dynamic that kind of has a perennial fascination for some people. Maybe because of, I don't know, maybe their own school experiences or just because there's something in that premise that's... I can't explain it, but I do always find this particular premise not appealing, but... I just want to know if they can convince me sometimes. I'm like, okay, convince me. Sell this to me as not gross. And if they can, then I'm like, I really want to dissect why. And I think I, maybe part of it is that I want to know if I've grown up or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, um, well, I said the age difference doesn't really bother you, but I, I kind of feel differently about that because I feel like I've seen as the years have gone on as this like Nuna romance, cause it's, it's about pushing boundaries and doing something that's like kind of taboo. Right. So the Nuna romance started out being kind of taboo and now it's pretty normal. Like people don't really raise an eyebrow like back when, you know, you know, my name is Kim Samsoon first aired or, you know, like some of the older Nuna romances, it was surprising and like, sometimes even shocking to people to see this like younger guy with a, like an older woman. And um, it was like pushing certain boundaries in terms of like what people thought was like the ideal relationship or like a good relationship. And and as time has gone on, that's not really frowned upon in the same way. I mean, I'm sure some people still don't like it. And, you know, the mothers of sons who uh, date older women and marry older women, maybe they don't like it. Probably that's still a thing. But like societally, it's not really something that raises eyebrows, I feel, nowadays. Like, you know, you'll see, um, like, interviews with couples where the woman is older and they'll be like, oh, good job, like, you got a younger man, whatever. Mm. It's not like a thing. It's not like a scandal. Um, But I feel like maybe because of that and because I want to keep this feeling of, like, forbiddenness and taboo-ness, like, the age gap between the younger man and the older woman seems to be increasing. Yeah. Yeah. And so in this one, I don't know what age... Um, the character is going to be, but she's like, Insta is 42. And if her age is close to what she is in real life, and if he's in high school, even if by the time they meet again, and also not to mention, he's like a child genius. So who knows if he's going to even like graduate from high school at a regular age, or if he's going to graduate like super early. So what if he's like, even if he's like 22 or 24, and she's like 20 years older than like, I just... This isn't like a fully formed thought, but this is just like something I've been noticing over time that isn't comfortable for me. I don't know. Like, Like in terms of life experience, the gap seems to be increasing more and more. That's true. And as I think we noted this uh, during the live stream or somewhere else, that um, to balance out the power dynamic between a much older woman with a lot of life experience and a much younger man, the much younger man is exceptionally competent or a genius or something so exceptional that he's just nothing like other younger men his age. Um, yeah. Or very and, rich. And this is something, 
Yeah, and this is something that I've always had a problem with Nooner romances since I first saw them is that, be- and conversely, they always have to like humiliate the woman in some way or put her down mm. or do something to bring her, you know, down, quote unquote, to the level where like, she no longer has much of an advantage over the guy, even though like in dramas where the guy has more power, usually it's fine for the guy to have more power. He can always have more power. He always has more power. That's an excellent point. I was watching Witches Romance recently and I love it. But I did notice something similar that the woman being like far more competent and like like, technically she is supposed to be the one with more power. But because when they meet, she is she has just faced the humiliation and he ends up rescuing her, so to speak. He ends up having the upper hand in their relationship for like the first half of the drama. And it's it's not like an unusual. That's just a pattern. And I know that's like also how society works, because society also wants the man to be the more powerful partner. But like, I I don't there's a difference between that being like sort of the reality and also and then like the drama being like having that point of view, but also subtly enforcing that point of view. Which romance is far less egregious because Puck Sojin's character and that is a full-grown adult. Yeah. I remember, I think the diff- age difference between them is like 14 years or something, right? And she's around 40 in the show, I think. But I remember how shocking that was when they first announced the casting and the premise for the for Witch's Romance, is what I'm saying. And I feel like now nobody would really raise an eyebrow at that. We've had Because so we've had larger since, age yeah. gaps. Yeah, that this what I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like because it's not as shocking anymore, they're like keep pushing it further mm-hmm. and further. And I guess I'm like wondering where mm-hmm. this is going to end up, you know. So that was Melancholia. It airs on November 3rd on TVN. And the next drama is called Dr. Brain, and that's coming on November the 3rd. This is six episodes long. It airs on Wednesdays. It's uh, an hour and 10 minutes. And this is Apple TV's original K-drama, which is interesting. So this stars Lee Sung-kyun, Park Hee-sun, and So Ji-hae. Oh, and Lee Yoo-young. Hi. Oh, hi, yes, Lee Yoo-young. Yes, yes. <laughs> great <miss> cast. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the premise of the drama is so... It's an emotional journey that follows a brain scientist who is obsessive about figuring out new technologies to access the consciousness and memories of the brain. His life goes sideways when his family falls victim to a mysterious accident, and he uses his skills to access memories from his wife's brain to piece together the mystery of what actually happened to his family and why. I have watched the trailer for this. It is so good. And... Oh my it god, is. I'm ready. It and it's such a like it's a six episode run. This is a tight story. It's made by it's directed by a film director. And you can see that Apple's throwing all the money at this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, also Kim Joon is a big name director, so um yeah, I'm sure they gave him all the money. It looks the trailer looks amazing. Like looks so good. Like Oh, and this is adapted I'm, I'm from a webtoon as well, a very successful webtoon, I think. Um, I just made that up. I imagine it's very successful. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> must be. They're making a drama right. out of it. Yeah. It's Do you know right. what this reminds me of? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show. Boromir might be. Well, it aired a while back. Where did it air? It was like ABC or something. Or anyway, it was an American, American, Canadian, American show called Stitches. Do you remember that? Did you, I, oh, haven't you? No, I, I, thought we were, I thought we talked about it 
maybe for the first season or something. Anyway, so what happens in Stitches is watching the trailer reminded me of Stitches. They have like some brain tech that allows them to tap to somehow transfer or access the last few um, seconds of somebody's memory before they die. So they plug into that person's memory and then they like, um, you know, investigate how they die. And that's the premise of the show. It reminds me of that. Sounds good. Yeah, I wonder also, like, the trailer gave me the impression that, like, some of these quote-unquote memories might also be, like, false memories. I don't know if you guys got that impression. So, like, there's also that aspect of, like, he thinks he's accessing real memories, but who knows, are they even real? Like, did somebody plant them? The impression that I got was that the memories were kind of overlaying his real life. So he would be like in the memory while he was not in the memory. So like things would sort of come real around Uh, him, like hallucinations. That's the idea I got. But in any way, it's coming very soon. So, you know, we don't have to wait long to find out. And also, uh, um, anytime there is a plot around something that is so tightly wound and like it's not a story that you can like, you're supposed to practically watch in a single sitting. I am so appreciative of a short series length and six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a long film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's made by a film director. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you aren't familiar, if you haven't heard of Kim Joon, he did, um, well, his last movie was not good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was Elang, the Wolf Brigade. It was terrible. But he did The Age of Shadows, which I really, really love. Um, he did I Saw the Devil. Oh, I very saw that. famous. I saw that. And that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Those are his like super two like well, super I really famous. Well, I saw Age of Shadows. Yeah. If you haven't seen Age of Shadows, <laughs> excellent noir. It's an excellent noir historical like from the like period piece about the colonial era and like a bunch of scrappy independence fighters, you know, um, having bromances and betraying each other and like with As you with do. cool hats and guns oh. and carriages and I like- not carriages. <laughs> I like cars from the 30s. Oh, Gong Yu in a suit. Gong Yu in amazing suit. I like suits. when we come for watch one it. drummer and you like leave with three other things to watch. The relationship between Song Gango and Gong Yu in this is just like, oh, it's so good. Anyway, well, I know what I, I want to watch next. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited about this. So that's Dr. Brain. Six episodes long, coming on November the 3rd on Apple TV. Next up, we have Happiness, which is coming on November the 5th, and that's airing on TVN on Fridays and Saturdays, and episodes are 60 minutes long. And this drama stars Han Hyoju, after a long time, Park Hyung-shik, also after a long time, and Jo Jin. And the summary goes like this. A new type of deadly virus has spread throughout the city, and an apartment with different social classes of people is sealed off. Residents have to survive the fear of the virus and the conflicts between different classes. Yoon Sebom, who is Han Hyoju, is decisive and quick to judge. She did not grow up in a good environment. She wants to live comfortably in the complicated world, but she's righteous and can't stand injustice. Park Young Shik plays Jong Yee Hyun, who's a police detective. Oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> gets her dreams. She really you wanted, wanted that, that man. <laughs> Prince, it's probably detective. Uh-huh. She's good to go. Um, anyway, <clears throat> Jung Hyun 
Park Young-shik is a police detective who is mainly in charge of violent crimes. He used to be a baseball player but had to quit due to a knee injury. He struggles to protect people from the danger in the apartment. And Jojin plays Han Tae-suk, who was an information agent while serving in the military and after being discharged, he worked as an executive at a pharmaceutical company. He's the perfect person for a position dealing with infectious diseases. And this comes from director Angiro of Stranger and Watcher, and the screenwriter is Han Sangun of The Good Wife and Watcher. Yee! That was my version of excited yeah. squeaking so, when yeah. I have a cold. And this is uh, Han Hyoju's return to drama since W all the way back in 2016. And Park Young Shik is back oh, from military service. Like- Yay! <laughs> Yay! Feels like like 2016 feels like another life. Yeah, that was like pre-Trump, pre-COVID. Dramas over flowers. Yeah, all the wild. Very strange. Yeah. So, like two things. One, it sounds a little bit like Snowpiercer in building form, and two, it's like what they did with Watcher and what they did with So Gang Jun. It seems like you're kind of getting a version of that with older male actor and the younger male actor and I like it it's a di- it's just a dynamic that always works right if done right and I am going to trust these two like the writer director pairing who have worked so successfully before true and something else that I noted of course that might just be a uh, element of the genre parking chick was not made like the main characters and it wasn't the trailer didn't give him central focus it was more like a team thing and I think a, a story like this, like with dynamics where there is a lot of team interplay would be really interesting. And I would like to see how that works out with Park Yushik. But last time I saw him in uh, a drama like that was Suits. And that was not, <laughs> that was not. <laughs> good actors, uh, bad good drama. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And this writer has a reputation for doing ensembles mm. well, right? Like so. this is about the relationships between the characters more than it is about individual characters, right? Like the yeah, way Watcher is- was. Exactly. Which is why I'm kind of hopeful that this does a lot for Park Hyun-shik. Because sometimes you need to step back from the main character roles and just do something like this to establish your weight as an actor. Also Jojin! I've just come off off finishing my Goblin rewatch and because he's so like, you know, she's just the best character in Goblin. As in... He is not the best of all of Goblin, but like his character is the best type of character. So that dynamic should be really fun. How do you guys feel about Han Hyoju? I like her. I, like, I do like her. I was so disappointed with the second half of W because her character yeah. was gutted, like made into like a sudden rag doll for no reason when she was so vibrant in the first half. So I am really, really excited to see her be yeah. like a live human justice who's, in her character, you know, yeah. active. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she needs to get I her back. I will always love her for Brilliant Legacy slash Shining Inheritance. I got one episode so into and I haven't met her yet. <laughs> really? He is just, he's that character who's always trashy for the beginning of a drama and I hate him. He's the worst. He's the worst. Like, he's so bad that when you start, you're like, how on earth would they ever redeem this person? And yet, like, it's such a good character journey. Oh, and one of the other um, secondary actors, uh, Park Juhi, is a returning character from Watcher as well. So I really liked her character in that. 
I was looking at the cover art and it, first of all, it's just a, such an interesting cover art. It's basically this uh, view from the outside of a building where you can see it's one of those things where you have like, you know, um, windows on the side of a stairway and you can see people on two levels of uh, the stairway and you have Parkinshik and... More snowpiercery stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. But like Parkinshik and um, Han Yujo are on the uh, step above and you have Jovojin and an unseen, un, not like faceless character on the level below. And where the faceless character's shoulders are, the window has like one of those, you know, can be opened. Like, But it looks almost as if that little portion has been specially emphasized, like with a darker marker. Like, like bold. bolded, yeah. yeah. It's just it's such an interesting cover art to have. I mean, it probably may not actually tell us much about the drama, but I feel like it's probably trying to. I don't know. We'll find out when we watch the drama. I mean, if there's a um, a, what do you call it? A, a pomine, the the criminal, the culprit. It, I'm sure it's that. Yeah, person. exactly. That that's kind of the feeling I'm getting, and I'm also getting the feeling that these two, the younger characters, are on a different level than the older character, the older detective, and that they are like there is also a person coming down the stairs behind them, and I kind of feel like all of this stuff has meaning and symbolism that will only make sense when we watch the drama. So that's happiness, which is airing on November the fifth on TVN. So next we have. Uh, Let Me Be Your Night, which is airing on November 7th on ITE and SBS. And this is about... So first of all, let me just say, my boy, <laughs> Ejin Young, is coming back in another <laughs> idol drama. And I normally I'm like, don't typecast people. But he was so perfect in imitation as the leader of this idol band. Like, he's just a perfect main character actor. I, I don't know what it is. Like, there's something about his face. He has so much charisma, and he has this thing where he can, like, be serious and then be funny and be dorky and cute, but then, like, be very cool. Like, he, he can do all of it. So um, I'm really excited to see where his career is going, and I'm fine with him playing idols for a while because <laughs> he's so good at it. <laughs> I mean, and it also he is an stars, idol, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But not all idols can play idols. Let's just put that out there, too. True. Um, True. And then it also stars Jung in Sun. I think the last time I saw her was in My Secret Terrius or yeah. Terrius Behind Me. So it's the story of a romance and healing between one of the world's greatest idols who's suffering from somnambulism, isn't that just sleepwalking? Sleepwalking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's put in such a fancy. Anyway. And the doctor who is secretly treating him. Yuntain is an untouchable idol star who's loved all around the world and a musical genius who believes he's the center of the universe. Jung and Sun plays the doctor who she actually moves into this house to their, you know, so, so like where these five guys are are <laughs> staying, like the, the band. So it also has um her kind of just like trying to, you know, help him fix a sleepwalking problem without anybody finding out. And she's like suddenly faced with like these five young guys who are like, why are you in our space? The trailer is really funny. The trailer fun. is really funny. <laughs> yes. Um, and they have great chemistry. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. D- does anybody want to place bets that even though she's a doctor, she somehow is broke or is under uh, like severe obligation and she gets blackmailed into this job? I don't place bets. It's against my religion. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, you can see in the trailer that she has such a bichari thing going. Like, clearly she's under duress. 
<laughs> I forgot how likable Jung In Sun is because I haven't seen her in anything for such a long time. But yeah, she's just so you know, like relatable as an as like, whoever she plays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She has that instant empathy quality where you just are like immediately mm. there with her no matter what. One more thing I just want to add because I always get confused when people say Lee Jun Young and I'm like, who's Lee Jun Young? Because and maybe people who follow him as an idol would feel the same way. Like, you kisses June. That's how I know him. <laughs> yeah. No, I. that's how I originally f- knew him as well. And, like, part of my feelings about Yoo Young are, like, because I... Um, I was one of those people who was, like, f- watching and rooting for you kiss when they just, like, kept putting out, like, good song after good song and nobody ever noticed them. And then they sh- it was just, Aww. like, the five of them and then they're, like, Bajada CEO who was like trying so hard but he was like ill and he didn't have any money and they were in this like small company it's just like I don't know they just kind of are like the the little like corner of my heart kind of hurts for them so like it's really nice to see him doing well um in his acting career now and I like that in both imitation and in this one he's like just the biggest star there is basically there's yeah there's like an extra level of joy because you know what he's been through right yeah but you know I actually haven't seen him in either of those what I've seen him in is Class of Lies and I believe I've said this exact thing when we talked when we previewed Imitation where he actually is not playing an idol he's playing a high school kid but it's a very dark character like that was a good character no he's like super talented I'm glad that we're getting to see him in his second life as an actor so that's Let Me Be Your Knight oh it's Knight with a not with a K right yeah, it has a it has a K. I mean, my drama list has a K anyway. It might, but the Korean title doesn't. It's Pami. Let me be, like let me become your knight, and so it's a wordplay oh. in the English. Interesting. Oh, okay. You know he sleepwalks, so he needs like the security of someone to be his knight, right? <laughs> exactly. That's that's smart. I didn't even think of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's let me be your knight. It's airing on November 7th on ITE and SBS. Next up, we have another idol drama. This one is airing on November 8th. It's called Idol The Coup. Which is <laughs> just as a name. It's just a strange <laughs> so, name. Oh so my gosh. strange. Okay. Um, right. I, oh, hey, it's about a girl's group. Dang it. I, I totally missed out on that somehow. Um, okay. Hmm. All right, so this one has um, An Hyun, Kwok Shi Young, and Kim Min Kyu. Do I know any of these people? Yeah, you know Kwok Shi Young. Where do I? Oh, I know yeah. Kwok Shi I, I do know Kwok Shi Young. Sorry. <laughs> you also know Kim Min Kyu. <laughs> do I? Where do I know? The, okay, give me a second, guys. I need to look them up to be sure. I definitely know Kwok Shi Young. And I'm watching him currently in Lovers of the Red Sky. <laughs> and let me see. We also have... Oh, I'm seeing him oh, in Pop Out Boy. Uh, so Kim Min Kyu right now is in a web series called Pop Out Boy, which is just cringe upon cringe, but like hilarious. <laughs> All right, back <laughs> to the summary. Um, so this drama portrays the last story of doomed idols who need a single success in order to not disband. The story of young people who confidently let go of their dreams as they grow through their failures and take courageous steps towards their new goals. Okay. Kim Jena has been a member of Cotton Candy for the past six years. Cha Jae Hyuk is the CEO of the entertainment company which manages Cotton Candy. 
Seo Ji Han is a member of the popular idol group Mass, which belongs to the same entertainment company as Cotton Candy. To not disband the group, Cotton Candy needs only a one-time hit. So basically, you have a girls' group called Cotton Candy, and uh, they need one hit to not be disbanded. Clearly, the CEO is like, "Hey, we have a successful group. We have a failing group." The CEO is Kwakshi Young. Yeah, yeah, I could see Kwakshi that. <laughs> That's <laughs> that adorable. Is adorable. And so, yeah, so, so they need a hit now. Notable note is the screenwriter for this drama is Jung Yoon Jung, who also wrote Me Sang. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I just finished watching Me Sang. To Seng. be quite honest, <laughs> this is the only reason that I'm interested in the show. But also, Bride of Habak. <laughs> really? Uh, Which? Yeah, no, I, no, no. I don't know. No, what no, that's... no, no, no. Bride of Habak was not a badly written drama. It was a really badly directed drama. There is a difference. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, that's I good to know. The whole that's thing, good to know. It was actually quite well written. <laughs> okay, Jung Yoo Jung, we still have faith in you. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of thought about this. Uh, I, like I said, I do know a couple of these people. Like Kim and you, I know him from Pop Out Boy, and I don't actually remember him in anything else. But yeah, he's cute and he's idol boy, and of course we do know Kwak Shiyang. He's he can do the mean CEO absolutely. He's got the eyebrows. <laughs> no, he's a hapless CEO, no, surely. He's a mean CEO. You have to see him in Lovers of the Red Sky. He can do a mean CEO. <laughs> I mean, I've seen him mean, but I kind of got the idea that everyone here is just hapless. Very hapless. I guess we'll find out if it's a UK situation or if it's one of those like bloodthirsty, uh, you know, CEO of the big company and imitation type situations. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where else I've seen him. It must be in Alice. It's Alice, right? Oh, yeah. That was what he was in recently. You've also seen him in... Oh, my ghost. <laughs> I don't remember him from that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in lots of things. He doesn't he generally has. have big roles, but he kind of makes you remember him because He's he just memorable. has this presence. Yeah. 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 He also has eyebrows. He has the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> This one's going to be airing in ITE and JTBC. It's a Monday, Tuesday drama, 12 episodes. And starting in November 8th, this was Idol The Next up, we have Secret Royal Inspector and Joy, which is airing on November the 8th. It's a Monday, Tuesday drama on TVN. It looks fun. Let me tell you what it's about. No, no, no. Let me tell you who's in it first. <laughs> <laughs> so, this does Ok Taekyun, uh, Kim Hyeyoon, and Lee Jae-kyun. And the drama goes, A secret royal inspector works as an undercover official who inspects local provinces to expose corruption. He teams up with a lady, presumably this is um, Kim Hyeyoon, who is searching for happiness by getting divorced from her current husband. The duo then go on a grand scheme to discover the truth and find corruption. Taekyun plays Rayeon, who wanted to open a dumpling store outside the capital. However, due to his cleverness, he passes the state examination and becomes an official in the Office of Special Advisors. Oh dear, how sad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, there, he finds himself receiving secret orders to carry out missions as a secret inspector. Kim Joo-hee, this is Kim Hyun, is an unorthodox lady in the Joseon era who dislikes the notion of women suffering in silence during marriage and is wholeheartedly in support of divorce. She is passionate and is always ahead of time. Ahead of time or ahead of her times? 
had a lot of friends. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe she's extremely yeah, punctual as well. Yeah, I both of those things. So Kim here, <laughs> yes. call me. A heroine to root for. Here I am trying to pick her up, and and he's just like, no, no, we're rooting for her. We're not picking her up. <laughs> so who's excited about this one? I am. I am. Yeah, I, I definitely am. For, for one thing, I, I saw the trailers and uh, Oktyong kind of gets to stretch his funny muscles. And we all know by now that he has he is lots very of funny. <laughs> yes. I would love to see him being funny and also not evil so I can root for him. As, as entertaining as Vincenzo was, it would be nice to see a funny non-murderous Tekyo next. <laughs> and Kim Hyun is hilarious. Like, I, I love her. She's Are so charming. Are you convinced about this pairing? I just, they don't seem like natural... I mean, for want of a better word, bedfellows. They don't really interact in the trailer, mm-hmm. so it's hard to know what their chemistry is. And maybe be like. it's just because he's like but... this huge, you know, person with a particular aura, and she's this tiny pipsqueak. But she has a strong presence. She has a strong screen presence. I feel like it can work <laughs> really well if they if they have a good comedic rapport and mm. chemistry with each other. I feel like it could be really good because it does seem like more of a comedy, even if, you know, it, it is a romance, but it seems like, and of course it's probably going to be a romance, but it seems like there's an element of them like teaming up in a funny way to take down mm-hmm. baddies. And I just like, am weak for that kind of setup, especially when the two people are like super different. Yeah. I'm getting the sense from the trailer and from the synopsis that she's basically, well, you know, she reminds me of those Victorian uh, suffragette uh, movement ladies that dogs have just joined forces now. <laughs> it's like a concerto of canines. <laughs> no, mom, how dare you talk? You can only talk to us. It's like the moment that she decided to ignore them, they were just like, we're going to do this in concert now. I have shut every door and every window. Oh, God, and they're still parking. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to keep talking and let's hope somebody can hear me. <clears throat> she reminds me a lot of those Victorian-era suffragette ladies, like the, you know, the ones who were like independence in marriage and voting right. I mean, really important figures, but like in, in literature, when you had those, no, no, you know, like those scruffy ones who are like, who, you know, the, the, the early 20th century movies had depicted them as like I'm these thinking of tiny the mum and Mary Poppins. Well, yeah, 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 Thanks exactly. For that's, that's the kind of yeah. idea I had. Because, you know, like they would be like really well-dressed privileged ladies, but like they would be out on the streets and they would be like, I want to be part of this investigation too. And then they would just make like medal until like whatever group was investigating, they, they just are like, yeah, fine. Just be part of it. And then they turn out to be like really useful. But like, I'm hoping that this is like less sexist and that she actually is really valuable uh, part of the team. I, I like I like this depiction of her because um, even though she was she was really amazing in um, what was it called guys the webtoon one extraordinary you <laughs> right. she's also really good in um, Sky Castle Sky Castle yeah she was excellent in both of those things I'm very different. she she absolutely was but this would be the first really adult main character mm. role that she has. So um, I think she'll be able to do really well. I'm just, I haven't seen her in anything like this before. So jury's out till the drama actually uh, 
you know, happens. But so far, I'm really liking the synopsis and the trailer. So I'm optimistic. Yeah, I'm very, like, wary or, like, sort of unsure about the writer. And it's really uh, down to the writer and somewhat the director as well, because I feel like the tone really matters in a drama like this. But the writer did both the undateables, um, also known as... I can lucky. never remember. Is it lucky? That's not Lucky Romance, is it? No, it's but it's also Hwang Jung-un. Yeah. But it's like the Korean title is Hunnam Jung-un, but I can never remember like how they, handsome, handsome guy and Jung-un. That's how, that's oh, yeah, like the yeah. alternate English translation, which was egregiously badly written. <laughs> like just unbelievably badly written. I was like, are you in a contest? Like, do you have a vendetta against this director <laughs> and these actors? Like what is happening? But then she also worked on Tamara the Island, which is like one of my favorite shows ever and has like such amazing character work. So I have no idea what to think, to be quite honest. We're just rolling the dice then. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, one last note about Kim Hyun before we move on from this drama. (laughs) You know, what's so funny is when you're watching, when you're rewatching old dramas, that you suddenly recognize people that you didn't know at the time. She turns up in so many dramas as like little guest appearance, uh, little guest appearances. Uh, no, what's Kim her Hayun. name? Uh, Kim Hyun. Yeah, she, and like she just turned up in Goblin. She was in Pride and Prejudice. She was in something else that I, oh, uh, I hear your voice. And she has these little roles. She was in the Chawonu one. The webtoon adaptation. True Beauty. True Beauty. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that was part of the Extraordinary You cameos. Mm. But what Saya is saying is like, she did a lot of little Supporting bit roles, roles mm. before she became famous. And if you go back and watch old shows, you're like, hey, I recognize you yeah. now. Which oh, that's is always game. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got the same energy. Like, she hasn't changed one bit except to sort of be more polished. Agreed. Um, sorry, sorry for interrupting your point there. I, I just uh, uh, also noticed that Bee Jong-ok is here and Bee Jong-ok was last uh, amazing in uh, Mr. Queen as the Dowager Queen. And just, I'm really happy to see her in another historical. <laughs> I mean, she's always so good. So, so good. I also haven't seen Jung Bo-suk since his role as the dad in Can You Hear My Heart? In which he was like, oh, I haven't really seen him since he was a really disgusting character in a drama that I won't name because it will spoil it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't seen him as a villain. I know he plays a lot of villains, but he won my heart in, in Can You Hear My Heart? So, Just thinking of that drama is making me angry. And that is Secret Royal Inspector and Joy airing on November the 8th on TVN. So next, on November 12th, we have Now We Are Breaking Up, starring Song Hye-kyo and Jang Kyung. It will air on SBS and also VIU TV, 16 episodes and 60 minutes each. So the premise is, as the design department's team leader of one of the nation's top fashion companies, Hai Young-un, who's Song Hye-kyo, has made quite a name for herself in the fashion industry. Beautiful, trendy, and intelligent, Young-un loves her work and is good at what she does. So she's playing Song Hye Kyo. <laughs> but when it comes to relationships, things are a bit different. Pragmatic to a fault, Young and often comes across as cold hearted as she prioritizes stability over all else. Content in both her work and her life, Young and has never been really bothered by the fact that others might see her as cold. But when she meets Yoon Jae Gook, which is Jung Kyung, a popular freelance fashion photographer, things take an unexpected turn. 
The living definition of a perfect man. Okay, summary writer. <laughs> Jacob is wealthy, handsome, and intelligent. But that's not what catches Youngun's attention, really. Okay. There's something more to Jaeguk that Youngun just can't seem to ignore. As if in a dream, Youngun and Jaeguk find themselves falling for each other, but not all fairy tales have happy ending. Is there a story that will end in heartbreak, or will they manage to find their own version of happily ever after all? Does this sound a lot like uh, Jang Kyung and Im Soo Jung's relationship in Search of Beauty? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like very practical older woman, very successful in her career, kind of like super perfect younger man who has it all. But they have yeah. like a fundamental difference that means that we don't know if they're going to actually work out at the end. Yeah, very very similar. Also, this is the writer Jayen of Misty. Which was ooh, I did like Misty. Gripping I enjoyed that a lot. And incredibly well written. However, you felt about the ending. So, any thoughts? I'm happy to have um, Song Hee Kyu back again uh, after Encounter. I don't actually know what to think about it. It's not a very different character from Encounters, except that she was like super embattled <laughs> in that drama. Like she was constantly like under scrutiny and constantly getting criticized, but she was the boss lady. And I don't know that this is in terms of genre very different. Um, yeah. Mm. The trailer was super boring. Yeah, it's just very generic. Like you, the trailer doesn't really have anything happening. The p- premise is very thin on plot, so you just don't know. Like this is very much down to execution. Yeah, and I guess a lot of it will depend on chemistry. Did you guys recently see the picture that went kind of viral on t- Twitter and Instagram? Where it's basically just the two of them, uh, Jung Ki Young and Song Hye Kyo, just standing together, probably during some kind of a crew meetup or something like that, and they look gorgeous in the picture. They just standing and yeah people kind of went bonkers that's not how a story, they are. you know i mean they're both very beautiful people we already know that but it's yeah. whether i mean this for 16 episodes we, we need something more <laughs> you know? i agree but it's isn't it incredible how just that one candidly shot more or less candidly shot it was just shot normally with like random people in the background that one image probably did more to get people excited about this drama than the trailer did maybe because it's not exciting i mean i'm not really gripped by anything in this drama especially yeah. because yeah. the last time i saw song yegyo was in boyfriend which was a which very beautiful drama oh yeah sorry very beautiful drama very beautiful cast like everything about it was beautiful but it was dull as dishwater yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you forgot you were watching it and when you stopped watching it, you forgot it existed. That kind That's of shit. That's what happened to me too. Yeah. I got like to episode 10 or 11 and I kept meaning to go back to it and it just didn't. Mm. Same here. I dropped it around 11. I think I watched four episodes and I just lost yeah. interest. Yeah. Anisa's always the wisest of us. <laughs> she knows how to conserve her time better. This is the director. Also, this is the director of um, Dr. Romantic 1 and 2. Or romantic Dr. Teacher Kim. Yeah. I don't know if I said so, those words in the right order. <laughs> romantic um, Dr. Teacher Kim. You yeah. guys like him, right? So we do. Those dramas true. are excellent. Um, That's true. Both of them are. But, you know, a good directing still can't save an absence of story. So that's my yeah. only concern. Well, I mean, the only reason I'm interested in this is because of the writer. Because Misty was like hella twisted and true. twisty and yeah. suspenseful and like <laughs> unexpected. Like it just. It kept, like, giving you whiplash every episode in a good way. Yeah, so. and maybe this is a case where the synopsis isn't doing the drama justice. 
Because you're right, the team behind it is good. Yeah, they're definitely mm. holding something back because you're like, the reason that she likes him is not because he's like rich, smart, and handsome. Maybe he's a murderer. Secret <laughs> yeah. special about him. But we don't know what that is. So like, True. obviously there's more that they're not telling us, probably on purpose. So mm. I guess we'll find out. So that is Now We Are Breaking Up, airing on November 12th on SBS and VIU TV. Next, we have the Red Sleeve Cuff, which is going to be airing on November 12th on Vicky and uh, NBC, the network. It's a Friday-Saturday drama, and it's 70 minutes at an average, which is just normal. Okay, so this is another 80 historical... Minutes, 80 minutes, Ooh, an hour 80 and minutes. 20. Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's long. That is not average. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so I was kind of intrigued by the trailer of this drama and we'll just jump into the synopsis and I can talk about why. Okay. In Korea, during the first half of the 1700s, Yi-san is an aloof and perfection-loving young prince. His father's killing haunts him, although it leaves him in the position to take the throne once his grandfather, the cruel and ruthless current king, responsible for Yi-san's father's death, dies. He has resolved to become a benevolent monarch who will reform the law when he eventually takes the throne, but the way his father was killed has scarred him emotionally. At court, he meets a young woman named Sung Dok Im. Yisan falls in love with her and tries to convince her to become his official concubine. But Sung Dok Im is strong-willed and free-spirited. She's also intelligent enough to understand that becoming a royal consort to the future king is a prestigious role, but one that would restrict her freedom and likely bring her little in the way of joy. But Yisan's love for Sang Dok Im is true, and she starts to understand that forming a union with him could ultimately benefit his troubled realm. I am not happy with that last line. <laughs> um, okay, special note that the screenwriter, Jung Hae-ri, is also uh, the one who wrote Ruler, Master of the Mask. That's not so much a special note, so much as that was a Yusung Ho drama, so I watched all of it. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> but was it well written or was it just a Yusung Ho drama? I mean, I enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed all of it, but it's not okay. like it's not one of the greats. You had to have a reason to sit through it. I just want to note that like the tags for this show on my drama list are concubine, trauma. King, emperor, adopted from a novel, monarchy, death of a parent, dead parents, diligent character, obstacle, conflict. Well, I mean, isn't one of the problems, uh, or at least one of the inherent obstacles to a drama like this, being that you're writing about a, an actual historical king, so there's only so much that you can do? Yeah, I, I just found it like a funny list of tags as I look at them all together. So I'm just like, yeah, that's very saga. So this was adapted from the novel The Sleeves Red Cuff by Kang Mi Kang. And the thing is, this, unlike like webtoon adaptations, this, of course, does not give us a, you know, more or less guarantee of happy ending. Also, as it's about a historical character and I know nothing about this historical character, I don't know how this drama is going to be ending. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like it's a spoiler to go and look up history, so I yeah, don't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't look it up. Once the drama's finished sharing, I can go yeah. look it up. But Isayang is say, great. Isayang yes. is great. And, so and is Juno. I mean, the I cast kind is... of have gone off him because I didn't like him in the last drama I saw him in, which I don't even remember oh, really? what it was. Was it The Work <laughs> oh, of Love hey. or something? Oh, was it Book of Love? He was definitely in it. It wasn't a good drama, was it? No, it wasn't a good drama. It wasn't his fault. Come on. Chief Kim and Just Between Lovers, yeah, I will we, always yeah. watch yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, you have How to. dare you? 
Those especially are his best performances. <laughs> okay, okay. But to go back to this drama, the reason I was looking forward to it is primarily because of Issa Young. The trailers show her as like, she's a court maid. So technically all court maids in the palace belong to the king. Um, it's a really dicey uh, situation where in terms of the power differential between them, of course, that one is a maid, the other one is a king. Right. But also, uh, also she's like, not independent. Yeah, he doesn't have to make her into his concubine to make her sleep with him, is the dynamic. Pretty pretty much. Yeah. But um, let's stay within the realm of drama land reality where he absolutely respects her um, consent and her will, even though technically she doesn't have free will because she belongs to, you know, the king. And yeah, so this is interesting. But no, what is mostly interesting to me is that she is clearly resistant to the idea of tying herself so prominently to this guy, even though she seems to like him. And that was apparent in the trailer. And I would like to see a story explore that side of a palace romance where the female lead, even though she is in a position where she is like, you know, she's basically the maid in a palace she still exerts what little will she has to refuse this position of power, quote-unquote, which also just ties her and, like, puts her in this box where she can probably... She will probably end up living a miserable life. She'll be an outcast from the people she had worked with before in that she will no longer have access to them as friends. She will also not have any ties, like, not much ties with her family if she has a family, and she will not be accepted by the upper class women that she would have to exist with day in and day out. Not to and mention a queen. Like she's got a queen to contend eventually, with. Eventually, eventually there will be a queen and she'll have to contend with. That Is there not already a queen at this point? I don't actually know. It might, there I might mean, be. but he uh, must have. Probably. But since he's the crown prince, it's also possible that he doesn't yet have uh, a queen. But wow, if, if, the, oh, there is a queen, Jung Sun, and she looks quite young, so she mm. he might So have. there is a queen, and the queen is always going <laughs> yeah, to be an opposing figure, and a dangerous yeah. figure for any oh, concubine. I, I, I really, really, really hope that they don't do that thing where they have, they make the queen evil, because she doesn't kind of, approve of the king's kind relationship. kind of part of the course, right? Oh, why? Well, why so is wait, it that? So, just hang on. So right now, he's the prince. His father is... Oh, I see. Okay. His father is dead. His grandfather is dying. And okay. once he's dead, like, he will ascend the throne. Yeah, you're right. He probably does have a queen and she's probably going to be, like, evil. Damn that's, it. Yeah, that's Jang Hee-jin's character. <laughs> and Lee Se-young, of course, has played a queen before when she was yes, in the Crown Clown. In Crown Clown. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was so good. She's so good. Yeah. You know, I'm not like into the whole court drama stuff, so I'll just keep my opinions I am, to myself. But also, I'm not into court drama tragedies, and this is kind of starting to sound like a bit of one. I don't know. I'm still interested enough that I'll probably watch the first couple of episodes just to check it out, check out the vibe and where it might be going. Um, yeah. Well, if, we'll the, if the writer's last drama is anything to go by, they're not a tragedy writer. So I think what turns me off this one is like what Borma said about the last line. Like, Concubine dramas in general really make explicit that, you know, that whole concept of the woman sacrificing her body for the nation that is yeah. it's always in there, but like, especially so when the main character is a concubine and here it's just like literally just, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I, did you, did either of you end up watching uh, Scarlet, uh, the, the real one? What was it called? Scarlet, Scarlet Moon. 
Scarlet Moon Heart. Lovers. Moon Lovers. Moon I think Lovers. Moon Lovers. Scarlet title. Heart. Yeah. 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 So uh, towards the end of that, are you basically? Um, so she agrees to be. Ejun Ki's who ascends and becomes the queen. Uh, sorry, ascends and becomes the king. Wouldn't it be after? great if he ascended and became the queen? He's got the face. Yeah, <laughs> he ascends to the throne after basically butchering his uh, brothers, and Ayu ends up becoming um, his concubine, mostly to because she loves him and also he wants to make her his queen. But she understands that the politics of the time won't allow a nobody like her to become his queen. And also he would suffer political repercussions. So she becomes the concubine. And then she basically suffers and dies. If that's a spoiler for anybody, I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. Don't watch that drama. But the point is that that's exactly it. She sacrifices herself first for him and for the nation. Then leaves him for him. It's a... I'm glad I didn't watch that drama. So I don't require, I don't need to revisit this. It's like PTSD material. Um, However, I am going to give the first couple of episodes a try just because of Issa Young. I I really do think she would do so well in a sagok. She's got the face, the voice, the general grace for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's about it. I have to say my my enthusiasm for the drama has uh, been considerably tamped now. <laughs> After talking about it. <laughs> Basically. So that was the Red Sleeve Cuff. It's going to be airing on November 12th. It's a Friday, Saturday drama from NBC. The next one is School 2021, which is airing on November 17th. It is going to be on KBS Two and Vicky. It will have 16 70-minute episodes. And it stars Kim Yohan, Chu Young Woo, and Jo Yi Hyun, and Huang Borumbyol. Okay, that's an interesting different name. And Kim Kang Min and So He Sun. And these are all main roles because it's a school franchise. And we also don't know any of them because it's a school franchise. So here's the premise. School 2021 is a story of students attending a specialized high school and seeking their ambitions rather than going off to college. It will delve into how these students learn about love, friendship, true passions, and growing up in an intense environment. Gong Ki-jun is a hardworking student who assumes work and school simultaneously. He's a person who loses his dream of Taekwondo, which he did for 11 years, due to injury, is unsure of what to do. Jung Young-ju is a transfer student with a hidden story and a past connection to Gong Ki-jun. Jin Ji-won, a confident high school girl with solid dream, confidently communicates her opinion, though she is in conflict with her mother about going to college. Kang So-young is a gifted student who is preparing by herself for college entrance exams. She's aiming to enter one of the top five universities in Korea. Lee Kang-hoon is a teacher who values a work-life balance. He gradually grows along with his students. Lee Jae-hee is the chairman of the board's nephew, while Gumi-hee is the twin sister of Lee Jae-hyuk. She's a quiet person and strives to make many new changes. Lee Jae-hyuk is Lee Jae-hee's twin, and unlike Lee Jae-hee, Jae-hyuk is the person who receives support from the foundation. Wow, like, this is, like, so many characters that we don't need to know this much detail about, but... Um, but you know, like we know this franchise, it's, uh, it's like a warm story about a bunch of kids and their teacher probably going to be good who's playing the teacher that's what i'm trying to find out but i'm having trouble because there's so many characters hold on the teacher is played by 
Jonsa Ko. Jonsa Ko. Oh, Jonsa Ko. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. This should okay. be funny. I'm, I'm like 100% more interested now. Yeah. Yes, we love Jonsa Ko. I mean, I'm still holding out for the Jonsa Ko um, Pak Jinju rom-com, but um, I'll take this. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime. Someone out there is listening, hopefully, who's writing this down. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting about uh, the school franchise? Like, I don't know any of these kids. I may have seen a few of them somewhere. But after this drama's finished airing, we'll know all of them. Yeah, it's great for bringing up rookies. Exactly. It's a proud tradition of the school Mm -hmm. franchise. Yeah, I mean, like, Hajiwon, Ijinuk. Kim Bin. Right. The other other boy with eyebrows. Yeah. (laughs) Ijinuk. The other boy with eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Did think. You already say Hoon? I, I was trying to go also, for some I'm, of the older ones as well, but also. Um, but also, I mean, the first, the early the school franchise. Yeah. We're like now, like the top A list yeah. stars who only do movies. Yeah. Like yeah. that's how long this has been going on. Yeah. And I feel like the last, um, the definitely the last one and maybe the one before that kind of didn't quite follow the rookie formula they used um better known um actors and it Wait, but was 2017 it was only the actress who was better known both the um uh, lead and the second lead were kind of eh. yeah and she wasn't known for her acting she was only known for her like idol but, persona but those like, actors yeah. had, had other dramas before True, so, but Lee Jae-hoon, for instance, mostly had specials, mm-hmm. um, and he, he didn't really I mean have anything big to the, his The the school ones tend to be much more rookie than that. Ah, okay, yeah. So that's, that's they were true. rookies, but they yeah, were they were slightly complete. unusual. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, twenty fifteen, for instance, had a pretty well known cast. Yeah. by that time, and so did seventeen. So mm. was it seventeen? Gosh, it's been a really long time. I guess because of COVID. We would have seen this came, sooner. Came, yeah. came out in 2018. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it came out in 2017, but 2021 was supposed to come out. It was supposed to be school 2020. Yeah. They oh. got pushed. Right. Yeah, because they're yeah. doing them sort of roughly every two years, aren't they? So it has been a long yeah. gap so, since the last. Yeah, so just to like refresh people's memory, if they didn't know or they didn't remember, like the first school, which came out in 1999, starred um, Jae Kang Hee, Jang Hyuk, Wow. Yang Dongun, you know, like had a lot of really yeah. big people who, Beiduna, oh, you know, wow. like, yeah. You can sort of so, dig up old rules of these. Kim Namgil, yeah, like there's a long list. I'm not even reading all of them, They're but like so these people green, are. And it's so amazing to watch just as a yeah. time capsule experience. R- right. And School 2, which was 99 to 2000, has uh, Kim Rae-won, Kim oh, Tae-yong, yeah. Jae-hee. Um, that's a name I haven't heard Jay-hee. for a long time wow right? I know <laughs> Hajiwan oh my god yeah. Kim Minju it's like, like a who's who list yes. right that's yeah, exactly what they are it's crazy you just like go back and watch it and be like you and you and you and you I just want yeah, someone so. to decide okay we need to like dig all of these old like sort of golden oldies up sub them so that like new fandom can experience them because yeah, this is yeah. the type you can probably get on an old VHS somewhere, but like I I don't know, I've been digging like what we've digging lost around for them in this like new era of like streaming, is that because everything is 
above board now, which is good that, you know, everything's legal and above board. But like these companies are not interested in licensing old stuff because obviously it's not as shiny and, you know, nicely packaged and expensive as as the stuff that's coming out now. And people aren't really interested in my sister was telling me like somebody was talking about like a classic drama and it was from 2016 and she was like, that's not a classic uh, drama. <laughs> what? Also, there's like no nostalgia value unless you are of, you know, South Korean descent and you've been watching this since you were a baby with your parents mm. and grandparents. Most international viewers, they got into K-dramas in the 2000s and yeah. 2010s. They don't want to watch earlier dramas. There's no demand. Unlike yeah. like Western classics, which is fooled by nostalgia by yeah. like this entire Western civilization. Yeah. So everything is sub, but everything I mean, is available. In some ways, the remakes are f- fueled by that nostalgia, right? Yeah, definitely. So, Kung, for instance, dude. I mean, not even oh, the no. remakes. Sorry, I don't no. mean the remakes. I mean like new versions of school, like the re, um, uh, the resurrection of the franchise. I feel is very tied in with the nostalgia. Like the people who are making them now are probably the people who grew up on them when they were younger. Well, right, but that's, uh, you know, as uh, I was saying, that's like a South Korean audience. So it's made for them, obviously. But I'm just saying like, as an international fandom 10 years ago, you could watch a lot more older dramas. And that was because it was really just a network of fans passing stuff around. And it wasn't, or like, you know, other other ways of, you know, people in the diaspora, like going to their local Korean grocery and watching DVDs. But and this like, would only you know, have been among changed. Korean speakers. Like, I don't, because there are, there's no subbed versions of these available anywhere. Well, it also depends, right? Because these um, older series and like first wave Hallyu stuff was really big in East Asia, Southeast mm. Asia. And they did get like either dubbed or subtitled in those countries. And so they did have an international presence. It's just like for us English speakers, it was much later. Um, and they're not, probably a lot of them are not subtitled in English, but. Um, yeah. Like yeah. you can, you can, for some of them find the rules, but you won't be able to find them with subtitles. So that's um, school 2021 and it's airing on November 17th on uh, KBS two and Vicky. So next drama on our list is Hellbound, which is going to be airing on November 19th on Netflix. It's a six episode drama. So like a really short series and it's a monster drama. Something that, hey, I like. <laughs> okay, somebody's I watched the trailer. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I love the CGI so much. It's all like hell and brimstone and then monsters erupt and chase down this really normal guy who was sitting in a cafe five minutes ago. And it, it, like Betsy meets him. It's delicious. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I should not have said delicious. <laughs> I have to admit, like, I wasn't interested until I saw the trailer. And then I was like, oh, this isn't my normal thing, but this actually looks really good. Which is not surprising because right? it's like Train to Busan director. Yeah, Aww. exactly. It's a Train to Busan director. And also the CGI is just so clever. They don't try to imitate like something that you would think is real. Instead, it's all like vaguely monsterish like slightly disembodied like you, you can see these monsters and be like they to, they are not of this world you get that sense because the cgi is just a little rough but also kind of perfect in that it has i can't explain what i'm saying unless you guys go and watch the trailer so go and watch the trailer <laughs> okay um into the drama so this stars uh yuan kim hyunju and won jena <laughs> 
I'm excited about this. People hear predictions on when they will die. When that time comes, a death angel appears in front of them and kills them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jung Jin Su is the head of the new religion, which Sai is going to pronounce for me. Sai Jin Li Hui, I think is what it is. There. He speaks about the phenomena when death angels from hell come and state it's a revelation from God. Jung Jin Su has intense charisma and a mysterious aspect. Bei Young Jae is a program director for a broadcasting station. He tries to dig out the truth about the religious group. Saya? Sechil Lihue. That one. <laughs> Min Hee Jin is a lawyer. She stands up against the group. Hwasal Chuk? Or Arrowhead, which consists of people who blindly follow. Sechil Lihue. Song Soo Hyun is Bae Young Ji's wife. She collapses in emotional pain, which she cannot deal with. Jin Kyung Hoon is a detective and investigates cases involving the appearance of angels of death. This entire synopsis barely makes any sense, <laughs> except there is a new religion. Some poor lady collapses of pain, and there are detectives investigating random murders by angels. So the angel of death is committing murder, isn't that their job? Yes, I guess. But also, <laughs> in the trailer, you don't exactly see an angel of death unless these monsters are supposed to be the incarnation of the angel, which is maybe it's this is like the fearsome incarnation of the angel. Either way, I really I feel like they have like mythos involved in this. And I and I that is getting me really excited because anything that has like more than it appears in terms of a plot is something that I find really interesting, especially when there is like supernatural aspect and it's not just clear cut what the supernatural aspects are. It's highly unlikely that the Train to Busan director would just do a direct, here is the angel of death coming and killing people who are prophesied to die thing. Well, I think, isn't it that like, there's a monster who says you're going to die soon and then he kills them. And then the religion is framing it as this is the angel of death punishing you for your sins, right? So it's not the actual angel (laughs) of death. It's the problem is this like, it's like this sort of narrative that this religion slash cult or whatever these people are, which is like super creepy leader played by UIN, by the way. Like, I did not recognize him in the trailer mm. until he started talking. I did. I was like, how did this boy go from Chicago typewriter to this? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I saw that whole thing and just Wonjina. Okay, I'm so happy to see her again. Yeah, the cast is solid. The CGI is great. The director has an amazing uh, portfolio behind him. And um, it's six episodes. So it's got tons of Netflix money thrown at it. Yeah, I think it's a single drop. So the whole thing's coming out on that day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to have a scary Friday night. See, I don't see... The great thing about monster dramas is that they aren't scary. That's what you think, okay. I mean, because what was scary about that trailer? There was like these enormous creatures chasing you down. (laughs) the street (laughs) point is it's not the same as horror stories which i tend to avoid (laughs) so i'm excited about this and this was hellbound six episode drama airing on netflix from november 19th the last drama that we're going to talk about for november is coming on the 27th of november and it is called one ordinary day it has eight episodes it airs on saturdays on view tv 60 minute episodes and this stars Kim Soo-yeon and Cha Sung-un, 
with very unfortunate styling. <laughs> so this drama explores the criminal justice system through the fierce story of two men surrounding the murder of a woman. Uh, Kim Si Hyun plays a character called Kim Hyun Soo. <laughs> <laughs> that is just so innovative. <laughs> so Kim Soo Hyun playing Kim Hyun Soo is an ordinary college student who suddenly becomes the primary suspect in a murder case. And Cha Sung Hyun plays Shin Jung Hyun, who is the only lawyer willing to help him. And having barely just passed law school, Shin Jung Hyun's involvement in Kim Hyun Soo's case eventually takes his unremarkable life to new heights. And this show is a remake of the BBC show Criminal Justice which I know nothing about, but I'm pretty interested in this one. So I guess, like, Cha Sung Wan took the bar at, like, he went to law school. Like, maybe it's, like, his second career or his third career because he's, like, you know, he's Cha Sung Wan. He's an adushi of a respectable age. So that's interesting. Yeah, his styling is quite unrespectable, though. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not need to see Cha Sung Wan like that. But then again, I mean, you know... New things. Why not? He's never afraid to lean into a weird, yeah. you know, or or unusual styling for his characters. Mm-hmm. He's all about the acting. So I can respect that. Yeah. And he always brings it. So it's not like he's ever disappointed as an actor. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's just that he's trying to do the whole grizzled, um, seriously cynical lawyer person or like somebody who's like supremely <laughs> disappointed with life and doesn't care about brushing his hair anymore. <laughs> But he's a new, he's like a rookie lawyer, so that doesn't fit the profile. I think he's just a little bit mad. Like, you know, all of his characters are a little bit mad, and I think that's his own slight madness, which is just great. It's always great. It elevates all of his characters because, like you say, he's always willing to go a little further, like a little closer to the edge to tap it. It is. And, like, if you read his, like, if you read, like, his life story and his, who he is in his real life, it sounds like a K-drama. It's so... Like, you read it and you're like, this is not real. Like, this didn't happen to a real person. Um, It's great. Like, so, like, he brings that energy of, like, anything Mm -hmm. can happen whenever he's on screen. I like that it's only eight episodes. I really like that dramas now have that option of, like, having shorter episodes when you have, like, a tight Mm -hmm. story to tell and not, like, this elaborate. They're not forced, yeah, into dragging it out for more episodes than they need to. Yeah, also. I quite like the pairing up of like I think of Kim Soo-hyun as a very kind of uh, cleaned up kind of actor. Like he's very hygienic. I, I don't know if that's the right way to express it. He's very tidy, like as a character and in his acting. And Cha Seung-un was like the opposite. So maybe it will bring out a little madness from Kim Soo-hyun as well, which is always welcome. Yeah, I think this is the first time they're working I together, right? So. Definitely the first time I would have remembered if it wasn't. So that is One Ordinary Day coming on November the 27th on VUTV. And we're not going into detail with these, but um, there is a sponsor coming out on November 29th, which is like a romance thriller and show window, The Queen's House, also on the 29th, which is a mystery melodrama. So um, if you are interested in those, you can go look them up, but we won't have time to discuss them today. So that was our What's Up in Drama Land. And you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can follow us individually. I am at Not Now Saya. And I'm at Anisa Khalifa underscore. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that for a second. <laughs> and I, Parma, am at Festa Foster.
And you can find us on Instagram at dramasoverflowers underscore. And you can email us. Please email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. If you just look up Dramas Over Flowers, our website is dramasoverflowers.net. And please sign up to our newsletter. The link is in the description. We appreciate it. We want a direct way to communicate with you in case everything goes wrong and our podcast like suddenly evaporates. Okay, don't put bad thoughts into the universe. What are you doing? <laughs> and make sure that you don't miss Anissa's brilliant interview on 1A. The link is in the description below. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Yay! That's all. Bye! Bye. Bye. <laughs>